0: You're listening to the Plain Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast with fire passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Walton. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 14 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and with me in the kitchen studio, as always, is my co-host, Simon Waltorton. How are you, Simon?
1: Yes, okay. Um, I'm fine. Uh, thanks. How, how are you?
0: Yep, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've just uh, had a nice uh, cooked tea from my wife, so I'm nice yep. and full. And, and uh,
1: you've got me the uh, peanut puffs. You've got some tea and some wine, so we're, yeah. well, we're well away, as <laughs> usual. <I'm always laughs> well, I must say, we're always, um, I'm always well looked after here, so uh, that's why I like it here. <laughs> I feel part of the family. Here.
0: Yeah, oh, you are. Well, uh, yeah, Simon, like you said, he's got his uh, bowl of peanut puffs. We've got the peanut puffs um, back. Uh, in the studio again this week. He's got his cup of tea, and he's also got a glass of red wine.
1: Yeah, a nice little small glass. uh, Small glass,
0: yeah, yeah. because he's got to drive. So it's a small glass. Don't panic, don't panic. So it's been quite uh, uh, an exciting and um, stressful week, aviation-wise. It has. Um, In Malaysia.
1: um, Yes, not just that. Um, We've had two um, severe uh, helicopter accidents as well, but um, more of that uh, later. But this... um, this is going to be going on for many, many weeks, if not months. If um, because I just I'm just totally lost, and most probably you're the you're the same, Carlos. Because um, I just don't know what to say anymore. Do you?
0: No, no. I mean, I've been watching the news each day this week to find out what's been uh, what's been going on, and there just seem to be the same. You know, the uh, search and and no, nothing's been found. Even uh, the latest that uh, we saw on the news. Yesterday, when yes, they the satellite uh, pictures of the they had, uh, um, two possible um, objects. Objects, objects in the yeah. sea,
1: um, sort of uh, west, I think it's southwest of Australia, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but even those uh, two items have uh, disappeared, and I know they have been dropping um, mark special boys, mark boys yeah. in uh, just to check the uh, flow of the uh, sea um, to see how far and how f- how far and how fast is travelling. So
0: yeah, but we've got that coming up on the news. Uh, Simon's got a few little bits and pieces uh, of news as well for you all and um, he's also got a huge rundown of um, some of the great air shows that are happening uh, soon.
1: Yes, we're not many uh, weeks away. It's it's, not months, it's it's weeks away, isn't it? it? It's
0: weeks, yeah. yeah. We've obviously got the first one in May, haven't we? Yes, uh, Uh, there
1: are, I think, um, possibly a a few smaller ones in April but yes, uh, we kick off in May so uh, it's not that far
0: uh, away. We're currently waiting to hear about our... um, hopeful um, um, media accreditation for Farnborough International this year, um, which will be good if we can get that, Uh, Simon, because we'll we'll have little media badges and we can uh, go behind the scenes and stuff. Because we have got our our outside recording uh, unit we've got now and uh, we'll be able to do some interviews and stuff with people. And uh, we've also uh, got, hopefully, um, coming up, sometime within the next few days um we're going to get uh, a snippet or a promo from uh, two guys that um, do a podcast quite a way a distance from where we are now um i'm not going to tell you who they are but um they're two guys who produce a podcast have been producing one for a long while and uh yeah that that'll be coming up soon so that'll be interesting to hear yes um, so, i have been busy at work again, Simon?
1: Um, yes, on and off. Um, back to work uh, tomorrow, Ooh. Sunday and Monday.
0: Ooh.
1: Off Tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And then nine days off. So Nine days <laughs> off? Again, again <laughs> we were in this situation a few weeks ago. So, oh. But we have got a um, a pretty busy uh, schedule coming up in the next few months. So, um, we'll get that out of the way and uh, get, get into the swing of the air show season. And uh, let's hope it's going to be a... Uh, bumper air show season. Well, I'm sure it will be. It will um, be. the yeah, Red Arrow's yeah. 50th uh, anniversary and um, let's just hope we can have some good weather and some spectacular air shows.
0: Yes yes we've definitely got that to look forward to and uh, weather's been changed a bit have not Last it weekend we had, what could we call last weekend, it was like a, barbecue a, a Mediterranean barbecue weathery summer time. Wasn't and now we've group? dropped
1: uh, right back down at about 7 or 8 degrees so yeah, uh, we're really back chilly. to uh, normal again now.
0: Yeah, but I, I I, don't think we're going to get any snow this year. Now, you mm. know? I don't
1: think uh, we are. Well, maybe some snow up north, but um, nothing at the moment. No,
0: so. well, I think we've had a frost for a while now. It's no. been a few weeks since we had a frost, but yeah. we did, We had we had some really bad fog, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, and we've got a story uh, relating to the fog. And that is a local um, story up. as well. That's a local story as well, yeah, in the news. So, um I think we better start some news, haven't yes. we, really, yeah, Simon? Time's yes. ticking away. It
1: is. It's be uh, <laughs> bedtime. <that's right.
0: laughs> yeah, definitely. So if you're ready to kick off with the weekly news, then, Simon? Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's head go. In. So the news end dominating the uh, news stories uh, as it has been now for a few week, or two weeks now is obviously the Malaysian uh, Airways 777-200-MH370, uh, which is still remaining a, a very big mystery. Um, they've uh, had some reports um, on Sky News and stuff over the last few days, and we've, we're looking at the Sky News reports now, um, BBC and that and uh, the wreckage they thought could possibly have been um, from the aircraft, which they found via some Australian satellites, I think it was. I yes, think, it yeah. was, yeah. Um, have uh, They can't find the two bits of wreckage. No, um, they've
1: either uh, sunk or mm. they may have been um, shipping, but um, I aren't too sure on that. Um, the Australians have obviously had their PC-3 Orion because it's such a... Uh, a long way off any uh, coastline or near any uh, airbase or airport for refuelling, It's um, it has cut down the amount of search time that they can have. They're really pushing their aircraft to the maximum sort of boundaries and limits mm. um, because of uh, fuel um, consumption and uh, capacity. So the PC-3 Orion, which is one of their search planes, that aircraft only has a sort of limit time once it's out at sea. Because um, it takes
0: a while for the plane to get there yeah, first it's initially. Got, so, uh, yeah, so
1: they've got to do some real good calculations because there's such a way out. Um, I think he's only got about a search time of around two hours. Two hours yeah. And then then he's got to head back. So, But they've, there's a lot of... Um, uh, Chinese ships, which are going to be heading into the area as well.
0: Yeah, the Royal Navy have also sent one of theirs. We've yes. got well, one of ours is uh, heading out that way. Um, and obviously, the Australians <coughs> have obviously got their aircraft, search aircraft. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, as of yet, like we said, there's still no news on what has happened to that plane. Yes. It's been there's been so much speculation and so many. I, th- um, I think
1: just about every single story <sighs> that can be um, put with this can't it you know every single uh, thing we've had what have we had we've had uh, possible hostages um, hijacking we've had uh, fires on board which has come up uh, a few times in the last few days um, a possible thing but I'm just baffled by the where it took off from and where it was heading to and where the area that they're searching it just keeps getting wider and wider and wider so I really don't know why they're searching. Um, I think uh, everybody's lost on this because hmm. I'm just. It's not even a, they're searching um, off the coast of Australia, western coast of Australia, but that that is miles, thousands of miles away from, or hundreds of miles away from where it was.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Royal Navy has sent um, the uh, one of their ships, as we said a moment ago, and they've sent uh, HMS Echo, um, which is uh, is one of our just trying to find some information on the echo. should have had this up before we started really but uh, um it's good to see that so many different countries yes. are are uh, having a, a a go at trying to help to find the aircraft yes. there's a lot of different countries involved and in the, um
1: yeah. if anything um you'd think something like this because there's been nothing found to be winding down but it's actually um being stepped up quite um dramatically so uh there's quite a lot more going on And I think as each day progresses, I think uh, most people are getting quite concerned. But I'm just uh, wondering, it's even been on um, some of the news, this aircraft could have landed. Now, there was a possible 613 runways in the area of the amount of flying time it had left. It was possible for this aircraft to land. And it could have landed landed somewhere in a remote jungle somewhere, um, possibly in Vietnam, and had one of those uh, catch nets for a shorter runway uh, so that can catch the aircraft Um, but I'm really really struggling with this one this is a little bit similar to the Air France one um, a few years back but having said that they quickly uh, managed to um, pinpoint that um, after a few days didn't they and this one we're just going on and on and on but Like we were saying, there's every single story has been made with this, hasn't it? Mm,
0: everything, even even as far as aliens, yes, has been, yes, um, we've had that, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh,
1: we've had a, a black hole, um, mm. I've even uh, read about that, so I'd understand if it was um, around the Bermuda Triangle area, wouldn't you? Um, because mm, we yeah. get a lot of uh missing aircraft and ships that are never found again in that area, um, but that is way, way off, and uh, I've never ever. In all my life, heard anything as as puzzling as this.
0: But the uh, just reading up just quickly on on um, the HMS Echo that we've sent across there, she's actually a multi-role hydrographical survey ship yes. um, of the Royal Navy. Um, she's fitted with obviously um, echo stuff to find um, under, you know search for underwater yes. um, um, bits and pieces and stuff, and uh, she's. Um, got a sister ship as well um but she's well geared up for uh yeah. for searching and you know searching for bits and pieces so. we need
1: we need some uh, technical aircraft for um i say technical aircraft for the, uh, the searching and also some technical ships um uh, that we can have uh, listening devices in the water and um pick up any signs of any debris or uh, any transmit transmissions from the aircraft that are still um get ongoing so but looking at these uh, photos, they're very hard to distinguish, aren't they? Because they're yeah. quite blurry. And um...
0: it's strange when you consider some of the pictures you see from various satellites on, uh, that released online. Sometimes you can get satellites that can sort of pinpoint, yes. sort of you know, individual tiny, tiny detailed things. But these satellite images are quite grainy. Yes. But uh, obviously, they are a help. And but unfortunately, as yet, as we said, the um, objects they saw via these satellite pictures. Uh, are yet to be found.
1: Yes, yes, and obviously the Australian Prime Minister has um, said that they're um, pulling out all the strings and everything in, in their search. But looking at the search area now, it's just so vast. It covers it covers India, China, Australia, Indian Ocean, and uh, surrounding oceans. So, so it's just it's just unbelievable the search area. Um. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger every single day.
0: Um, but like I say, we'll keep we'll keep uh, looking at the news feeds while we're on the show. If anything does changes, we'll obviously uh, let you know. But uh, like we said, as yet, nothing's been found. There's no there's no definitive you know reason or um, you know. Um, fault that's been found to uh, to put down to why this aircraft has disappeared and we'll say disappeared not crashed because yes. we don't know what's happened no, yet. so we um, don't but yeah we'll follow that keep following that story um so keep your ears open and obviously on the news feed. and uh, if we hear anything quick we'll uh, we'll pop it on our Facebook page as well won't we yes so moving on to the next piece of news then uh this was uh, another crash that happened in the states um uh, last, or this, this week? Yeah, that was this week. This uh, week, yeah. Uh,
1: Como uh, TV, yeah. Uh, based in Seattle. And um, their helicopter was actually uh, just taking off on top of the studio roof and uh, came down near enough directly uh, on the same street as the uh, studio. So that is... Um, it, uh, I think there's two fatalities in the helicopter and uh, possibly one or two on the ground.
0: Yeah, the helicopter wasn't equipped with a cockpit voice recorder or, or data recorder, which right. which aren't actually required on helicopters. Yes. But the um, federal investigators plan to reconstruct the wreckage um, to determine what caused the crash, which happened uh, uh, near a busy intersection near Seattle's Space Needle. Uh, as Simon said, killing two men on board and seriously burning a third on the ground.
1: Yes, now uh, this um, obviously is one of the TV stations uh, own Helicopter and Presenters was on this. Um, but most of the uh, stations in uh, the US, they do um, have quite a lot of uh, involvement with helicopters and normally most uh, have t- uh, about two to three helicopters um, for possible... Breaking news and chasers, which um, which they use, um, TV stations that they've all got them in the US mainly, um, because they are, are sort of handy if there's any um, sort of disturbing car chases or anything really um, that they're there. But I have, uh, I don't know if you've seen any on YouTube or on the TV, but sometimes it does get quite congested mm, and when you've got space, th- Yeah, when you've got two or three helicopters from. Um, Different uh, TV stations which are actually following the same um, pursuit or whatever, and they fly quite close to each other, so um, that is quite a concern as well.
0: Yeah, the National Safety Transportation Board's Dennis Hodginson told a news conference Wednesday that they're confident they're going to figure out what caused the crash. Hodginson says that they're looking at all possibilities, including what role, if any, construction cranes played in the area. He says that a crane operator was in radio contact with the pilot on a prior landing on the rooftop helipad, but that's uh, there's no significant evidence to link the cranes with the crash. So uh, for those of you who do follow or are on Twitter, you can follow the NTSB on Twitter, and uh, they're quite good. They do post a lot of uh, information and stuff on the investigations that they're um, currently on. Um, but uh, we'll keep our eyes on that one, Simon. Yes. And uh, we'll move on to the next piece of news, this one closer to home for yes. us. Yes,
1: so I first uh, got the information uh, from you. Um, I was uh, in the area uh, when this happened. I was on uh Sort of traveling and um, saw a lot of police about, but the fog was very thick that evening, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely very thick, uh, thick fog. Uh, but that particular morning, and um, this happened uh, in the evening on that down that particular day. Um, yeah, this
1: was on uh Thursday. Thursday, that's it. Yeah. Um, which uh, was uh, what's the date on that? I suppose
0: Thursday. That would have been the thirteenth.
1: Yes. And um, I've never seen fog like this. We're talking putting your hand out in front of you and the fog was thick. But it was patchy to start with and then all of a sudden it just dropped. Um, But I'm quite concerned that this helicopter was actually flying in thick, thick fog because... You know as well as I do, this fog that we had the other day. Yeah, last we had week. two good days, two really yeah. thick fog days. Yeah. And um, I've never seen anything like it for a long, long while, have you?
0: No, not at all. This accident happened uh, not far from uh, me and sight so- It's kind of in between yes. where me and you live. Yes. Uh, this happened uh, at the uh, village of uh, Gillingham.
1: Yes, now that's on the... If it, if uh, anybody does know, or local uh, listeners will know this, you have got a McDonald's... Um,
0: uh, they call rest, it the Gillingham Roundabout. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's that's it. Ne- right, the, yeah, it's ne- next door to one of the most more popular villages, Beckles. Yes, that's, yeah. cr-
1: that's correct. And uh, also you've got the BP garage, uh, so you can go to Norwich on the A146 or back to um Lowestoft and Beckles on the A146 or turn up the A143. <clears throat> now, uh, this area concerned is quite a sort of um, big area and uh, of countryside, but... They'd only just taken off, I think, um, when this happened.
0: Yeah, the helicopter in question was a Westland uh, AW139 helicopter. Um, quite a sort of a, a decent-sized sort yes, of helicopter. Yes, yes. Um, I think
1: it's similar to what the, um, that's the Augusta. I think it's similar to what the uh, Queen uh, uses. But... Um, and on
0: board was a very wealthy Irish uh, chap, wasn't yes. he? One of the richest men, or one, the richest person uh, in Ireland. Yes, and yeah. sadly, him, uh, him along with two other uh, chaps on board, including the pilot, was uh, were, were killed in the crash. For those of you who, if you go to uh, the Guardian website um, and look on there, there's a picture of the crash site. I've I went past there myself uh, in in the car on the Saturday and the wreckage was still there the police had still got um a There's few quite, of the roads yes, shut off
1: there was quite a big um sort of exclusion zone around this um which was understandable for the um just to keep the area sterile for the aircraft investigators and then I, w- I went up um I think it might have been the Saturday and the aircraft had been taken and put onto the lorry ready to go to uh Farnborough where it'll be um severely uh severely checked uh for any Um, to see what caused it and they've actually taken the uh, tail rotor off and that section and it was put on a uh, low loader and covered up obviously to respect the people that had passed away um, in the aircraft so but looking at the pictures um, I've got them in the EDP here as well and um, it it, whatever happened it was quite quite sudden and it was the the catastrophic um, pictures uh, yeah, the Augusta
0: Westland is a fifteen-seat. Yes, fifteen-seat <coughs> um, medium. They call they class it as a medium-sized twin-engine <coughs> helicopter. Yes, so two engines. Yes, but uh, I remember hearing on the news. Um, I think it was a day or two after on our local news that some um, people had heard the aircraft take off and then the engines went silent and then there was a a crash. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's just something.
1: Yes, and the um, Irishman, the wealthy Irishman who was on it, um, said that he had had problems and was concerned for the aircraft before this happened, Um, had hydraulic leaks, fuel leaks, and even a crack in one of the rotors, but um, that is what I've heard off the news. So that is
0: um, where I've found the information from. They actually um, only first flew in 2001. Yes. That particular, that uh, you know, the the AW139 first flew in February 2001. Yes. So not a hugely old aircraft, no. Simon.
1: No, and one of his, um, I think one person did actually film it a few days before it actually crashed, uh, taking off. That actual aircraft, it has got his initials um, or did have his initials on the top of the uh, where the tail, um, not where the tail, where the main roach was on the top of the, uh, near the gearbox. So, um, but I think he was concerned with this aircraft, but um, it was quite sad and uh, and it hit the uh, headlines worldwide. So
0: yeah, that, that certainly was on all on our local news and, for, uh, for a few days.
1: And uh, hearts go out to the uh, families and uh, people concerned in this devastating helicopter crash, as well as the uh, one we were talking about previously.
0: Yeah, according to this, the Air Accident, Air Accident Investigation Bureau have actually removed the, the um, flight recorder from the the aircraft. So there must have been a uh, flight recorder or a data recorder yes. as such on that helicopter. Yes. Yeah. Like, as we said in the previous story, not all helicopters, well, you don't, they don't have to have them by law. No. Um, but I think because this is quite a large yes helicopter this yeah. had one on board which will be good for the investigation at least they can try and determine yes. what went yes. wrong
1: they uh, managed to drain all the fuel off the uh, helicopter um and when i saw the um the wreckage of the helicopter it was on there and then there was a large uh, plastic container on the back with all the aviation fuel in which they managed to drain the environment agency had been up there just to check the uh soil uh content for contamination from fuel but um at the moment, they're okay with it and they're just keeping a close eye to see uh, what happens to the uh, rest of the remaining fuel that is in the soil. And hopefully, that will disperse. But it's um, it's just so sad. We, we've we been in this situation a few times on podcast now talking about helicopters. Helicopter crashes, yeah. And have, yeah. Um, it just seems to be a lot of, um, been a lot sort of happening uh, with helicopters over the last few months. And uh, that
0: does concern me. But I think it was definitely. St- I, th- I think, my personally, it was down to the weather, Simon, because yeah. the, the the fog was ridiculously thick that day. Uh, yes,
1: yeah, it, it was. I've never, like I was saying earlier. I've never seen anything like it. And when I drove past uh, the crash site, there's one or two trees where the um, on the flight path of the helicopter, and uh, there's a lot of branches on two particular trees close by. Um, which I don't know. That perhaps it's just me, but um, where the possibly the helicopter had clipped those trees. I don't know, but um, it is sad and uh, let's hope um, they can get to the bottom of this quickly
0: yes definitely so next piece of news moving on then uh, public sector travel website this one uh, this is something we had on uh, one of our shows previously uh, Simon this is regarding British Airways trialling internet on their 747s yes um they're running the trials on their seven four seven four hundreds um that are going to allow passengers to access the internet live t v and other streaming media to their own devices such as tablets and mobile phones that have the uh have wi fi um, the service is going to be offered on the evening of BA 183 service between London Heathrow and New York uh, on the 14th of March which was this was it this week 14th that was of March Friday. that was last Friday wasn't yes. it yeah the first service to offer it uh, the airline has said that uh, this is part of their investment of more than 5 billion pounds worldwide in new, new aircraft and smarter cabins um, Improved lounges and new technologies on board aircraft to make life more comfortable in the air and on the ground. British Airways already offers um, in-flight internet access on all its business services between London City Airport and JFK. So that would be the Airbus 319. <coughs> yes, it, Simon. It would, yep. um, so they've already got the Wi-Fi on there. Obviously, there is a charge for the Wi-Fi, and that's going to be provided by T-Mobile. Um, and there'll be a payment uh, or fee to buy access when you're on board the aircraft, so you can use um, use the internet.
1: They should really um, include that in the price because you'd. <laughs> you'd <coughs> I know they want to make money, but um, a lot of uh, you got in the UK. I know you're on the ground, but you've got a free Wi-Fi. Hi- hi- wi- wi- Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. I'll get it right in a minute. Yeah, I'll spit the right. words out. Let me spit the words out. Wi-Fi <laughs> hotspots, um, which are free, so. Oh, yeah, um, I think it's a bit uh, naughty uh, charging. And um, also uh, I'd like to see how this, uh, this uh, does pan out because there must be a sort of a cut-off time on take-off and landing uh, that this is switched off. I would imagine they won't switch
0: this on straight away on the ground, would they? No, no, that'll be – they normally switch it on when they're at cruise. Yeah, so that'll um, be
1: uh, – once they're at full uh, – Once they're at
0: full sort of cruise and yeah. that because they don't want people sitting there um, – Purchasing things on eBay while they're taken off yes, when they're supposed yeah. to be um having their attention on yes, the, things like yeah, that. Yeah. But uh that's good. I I used the Wi-Fi connectivity on board yes, Emirates um, when we flew ooh. in January this year. Yeah, I was quite um, impressed with awesome. the um
1: uh Wi-Fi setups that uh, you show me in the photos. So yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. So next piece of news then, moving on, is uh clicking through here, here we go. Bit slow, the internet's a bit slow tonight. All right, is the Scumthorpe Telegraph? This one is regarding <laughs> this is something that three amused me. three seconds for a hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, a chap uh, at Humberside Airport um, uh, in the UK here got a fine of a hundred pounds um, for stopping to drop someone off at an airport. So he literally pulled up outside the airport, dropped uh, his passenger off and uh, said his goodbyes and as he drove off got home and then he received a fine through the post uh, for a hundred pounds and this is not the first one either there's been a number of people who have received hundred pound demands for stopping no more than 30 seconds um and they're now starting to complain uh quite rightly about this
1: (laughs) yes but stay clear of the uh uh, front entrance to uh, the airport. That's, yeah. that's my suggestion. Anyway,
0: yeah, try to keep away from Humberside Airport because you'll uh, you'll get a fine. But uh, I mean, this is I mean, dropping people off at airports. I think there should be a designated sort of lane you could go yes, in. Really, there, to,
1: there used to be, but um, since we've had a lot of uh, terrorist activities over the past um, past years, uh, most airports now have put big concrete blocks or extra feeder lanes or. In Norwich Airport's case, you'd actually drive through the car park, and you can drop off there. I think you're allowed what is it, five, ten minutes mm. max free, and then you can go in, drop off, and then straight out again. Um, and a similar one or two other airports, but um, that is the reason they uh, like Heathrow even used to have a drop off right right at the uh, front, but you don't have that now at all.
0: No. And we definitely don't at either. We can't outside uh, No, we that's, can't what side there. No, like that's to all it's done away with. we got a
1: concrete box. So uh, There is a security reason yes, for that, though. Yeah, there yeah.
0: is. Yeah. Right, so next piece of news moving swiftly on is from the Travel Mole website. And uh, <coughs> this one is regarding um, airline orders um, that are ordering aircraft at unprecedented levels. Uh, airline orders are at unprecedented levels, with low-cost carriers expanding their fleet more than others. In Europe, EasyJet, Ryanair and Norwegian Air Shuttle have placed orders in the past two years totaling hundreds of aircraft, extending to 2021 for fulfilment, reports uh, from the Financial Times. Airlines have managed their seat capacity carefully to counter any downward pressure on ticket prices, uh, KPMG said in a report. But the number of new aircraft due to come into service means there'll be a greater competition between airlines. Airlines around the globe are replacing their fleet at unprecedented levels, said James Stamp, a global head of aviation at KPMG. Much of the order activity uh, by legacy airlines is driven by the desire to cut operating costs with fuel costs continuing to be at record levels and uh, new generation aircraft that are coming on the market which burn 20 percent um, you know less fuel and are more fuel efficient, uh, as some of them are, than the older aircraft. Airbus and Boeing have recorded levels of aircraft on order at the end of last year. Airbus had unfulfilled orders of 5,559 aircraft, and Boeing had 5,080 aircraft unfulfilled. uh, Low-cost carriers have continued to outperform other airlines in terms of share prices, uh, the researchers also found. So that's good news. At least uh, plane aircraft manufacturers are getting plenty yes, of uh, yes, yes. Um, even if
1: it's uh, the uh, smaller end of the aircraft um, sector, Um it's still uh, good because a lot of these uh, low-cost airlines are just uh, flights are cheap if you book them in the right times. So it's pretty good.
0: Yes. How how are the peanut puffs going there? Yes, Simon?
1: they're going well. Um, yeah. The wine's all gone. The tea's <laughs> all gone. So we'll just carry on and. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> so, next
0: piece of news: then from the Norwich Airport, <coughs> web- Norwich International Airport website. Um, our local airport, yeah. Uh, Their airport uh, at Norwich here is second in top thirty UK airports for annual traffic growth. The positive trend for passengers at traffic at Norwich International Airport is confirmed in the latest CAA UK official UK uh, Airport annual traffic results which were released on the thirteenth of March 2014. The report lists Norwich International Airport as seventh in the UK for annual traffic growth in twenty thirteen compared to twenty twelve for airport with annual traffic of twenty thousand passengers or more. Total passengers are lifted uh, listed at four th- uh, 463,401 versus 396,676, being a 17% incre- increase in people from the region using the city's airport <coughs> uh, year on. So that's good then, Son. Good news for Norwich yes, Airport
1: then. Yes, it is. Because um, obviously uh, this is the second uh, busiest um, heliport for the uh, North Sea uh, gas platforms and oil. Yeah, just read Um, that
0: there, Simon. Look, it says air. Yes, yes. About the... You read that bit, Simon. Yes. um,
1: uh, Obviously, Norwich Airport is the second busiest uh, hub uh, for um, offshore uh, gas and oil uh, helicopter um, sort of shuttles. So, uh, yeah, that is um, uh, good news. And also, uh, KLM uh, aren't that far away. I think about 35, 40 minutes away from uh, Norwich. So that is the... KLM sort of uh, hub and feeder for um, the rest of the world, really. It's a gateway to the world, really. That's why I think they call it Norwich International. Yeah, uh, they do quite reason. a lot
0: of flights to Amsterdam, Yeah,
1: Yeah, you've got the uh, KLM City Hopper. And then the uh, the uh, used to have the prop uh, Fokker 50s, uh, but now they're um, just the uh, the jet aircraft they use. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, but that's just... It doesn't seem to be bothering people about paying the passenger tax, so... Uh, um, it's good news for Norwich, but I wonder how long it will be before we see another runway uh, or possible um, expansion of this.
0: They'll need to get some more airlines in the airport for yes, that, I think, definitely. Yes, yeah. they will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Give us more choice for us uh, yes, locals. It's,
1: it's uh, quite busy yeah, because obviously you've got V Air, which does um, liveries for aircraft worldwide, not just local. Um, uh, worldwide uh, sort of spray Work and also that you've got the recycling uh, aircraft now as well. Yeah, and then obviously um, all the normal passengers as well. So that's quite a busy airport.
0: Yeah, I've, um, I've <clears throat> obviously me and Simon don't live too far from there, um, but it is a, it's a nice and easy airport to get yes. to. Definitely, <clears throat> um, and I think if they offered more flights to more destinations, it would be it would be a really busy oh, airport. Yes, definitely. Yes, yeah. So next piece of news, then, uh, for those of you who follow all the technical stuff. Uh, those tech technical geeks who listen to the show and uh, who know about the Google glass um, things Simon did you have you seen the sort of google glass um, things not, before? not
1: until you uh, mentioned it tonight I haven't um, seen anything uh, about this
0: they're kind of a um, if you imagine for those of you who, uh, who are not uh, sort of up on the on the technology Google glass they're kind of a, a pair of glasses but uh, with a, a kind of head-up display in front of the eyepiece so you can uh, <clears throat> read um, um, bits and pieces displayed on the on the tiny piece Piece of glass and uh, virgin um Atlantic are have uh, been, been trialing uh, these in upper class um, to improve the upper class experience um, but they've so far found uh, their customers need to be put at ease before benefiting from the experience. Customer feedback has been very positive, but they want to know what data we're using, whether we're using facial recognition or photographing them, because these are actually being used by staff, um, attend- your cabin attendants, wearing them, and they can obviously have um, look at a passenger, and the program they run will distinguish the facial features and tell them who that passenger is. Yes, yeah. um, so which is a little,
1: quite- little bit of um, sort of. Um- Personal privacy uh, being taken away, possibly, on that.
0: I think it's a good idea. Yes. Um, Definitely for making sure that you've got the right person in the right seat, I think. Um, But Virgin's been running the the, uh, six-week trial at Heathrow Terminal 3 since February um, this year, with staff kitted out in the Google Glass and Sony smartwatches. Uh, The move came off the back of a customer survey of 10,000 airline passengers that uh, cited it as Mm -hmm. a top complaint at the lack of glamour involved in flying today. The number of people travelling by plane has skyrocketed, said Graham, but the experience has le- lessened. Uh, while it is economically impossible now to hark back to the golden age of air travel, Virgin thought it could at least try to inject some of that back uh, for its higher paying customers. Um, so that's good. I think that's quite good actually. i think yes' um, I'll
1: be interested um, to follow this and uh, keep uh, sort of a close eye and see what happens with this in the future,
0: yeah, I get myself a pair of Google <laughs> glass. I think they 're quite smart, okay, next piece of news then travel weekly site this one um, this one 's regarding the size of uh, cabin bag allowances, something we 've touched on a few times before yes, in the show size yes. um, <coughs> most uh, British travelers would like all airlines to adopt a standardized cabin bag allowance. A survey of a thousand <laughs> people by skyscanner found confusion amongst baggage charges almost a quarter of passengers surveyed had been caught out and forced to pay additional fees to check in their luggage at the airport the majority 82% wanted to see a common standard set covering all carriers however 30% admitted to wearing their heaviest clothes and travel and 12% smuggling an additional bag on board in an effort to get around the restrictions EasyJet guarantees the smallest uh, cabin bag at just 50 by 40 by 20, while Thomas Cook offers a weight allowance of just 5 kilos. According to Skyscanner Guide to Cabin Baggage Limits, Iberia is the most generous airline with a baggage size of 56 by 45 by 25 and unlimited weight allowance. Closely followed by sister airline British Airways, which restricts the weight of hand luggage to twenty-three kilos. Twenty-three kilos for hand luggage, Simon. That's quite. That's quite a good allowance, I think.
1: That is. Um, I think that's the allowance what you're allowed on a, um, a large, <laughs> a large bag, isn't it? For the hold,
0: uh, Ryanair is fifteen kilos for yeah, their so hold luggage. I think. But
1: are. having said that, um, all these uh, weight restrictions and everything, um, and on luggage. Most check-in areas, if you've noticed, do have, like, a little rack that if your bag fits inside this rack... You can take it on board. You can take it on board. Mm. And some of them even now have scales, so I think it's a good idea. And if they all adopted that, to have that on their check-in, so any hand luggage, all they've got to do is check to see if it fits inside it and if it fits inside that um, little tiny luggage uh, rack tester the aircraft then they can take it on board so but just
0: looking at the uh, table in front of us there simon is, we've got a table here of um, quite a few of the top sort of airlines and their particular size of hand luggage and their weight allowances they're allowed and didn't realize that one uh, simon EasyJet,
1: no unlimited unlimited,
0: unlimited weight allowance for yeah. hand luggage yeah um and just moving across the scale, Thomas Cook, like the report said, five kilos is their um, maximum allowance.
1: Yeah, so most of them are around the sort of eight to ten uh, kilos.
0: Yeah, Ryanair um, is ten. Um, um,
1: British Airways, <laughs> 23 kilos, but I think that's near enough. What
0: um, I'll tell you what, you, you, you'd struggle to, to, well, unless you fill it full of bricks, but uh, <laughs> to fill a fill in a hand luggage case up with 23 kilos worth of yes, weight. yes, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, like Simon said, most of the airlines are around the 10 kilograms mark um, for weight for hand luggage. Um, KLM, a bit more at 12, along with Air France at 12. Um, So, yeah, that's that's an interesting table there. That one uh, is on the Travel Weekly website, if you want to look at that one. And that also gives you on there the size of the uh, bags you're allowed to take (laughs) as hand luggage.
1: So any uh, European airline uh, or... Uh, on that list there you're uh, thinking of flying and uh, you can get a good uh, idea of your uh, weight restrictions and uh, allowances
0: but most suitcases if you notice Simon now if you go in a shop to buy a, a, a purchase a suitcase you'll see that most of them have the little tags on which say um standard cabin bag or, or yeah, airline uh, approved. approved airline approved cabin baggage yes, yeah um, which is good yeah it's good Um, But if you want to do put your mind at rest, you can um, grab yourself a tape measure and the the, um, sizes are on this website. So next piece of news, then, is some Dreamliner news. Simon's looking scared there already. (laughs) (laughs) So the um, Boeing 787 Dreamliner design is safe, says the U.S. Air Authority. The design and manufacture of Boeing 787 Dreamliner is safe, um, says the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA. It had ordered a review of the plane after the battery problems grounded the entire fleet last year. The FAA said that some of Boeing's suppliers did not follow industry standards for inspection that include training and testing requirements for inspectors, but it said effective processes had been implemented to correct issues that arose during, uh, during and after certification. For manufacturing issues with suppliers implementing the new uh, business processes are being addressed and improvements are in progress throughout the chain of supply. Uh, The report added that while some design issues had occurred, their causes uh, tended to represent individual escapes in the design or manufacture of the aeroplane. The 787 Dreamliner is considered to be one of the most advanced passenger planes in the industry. However, it has been hit by a series of issues, as we know. Last year, the entire fleet was grounded uh, by regulators amid safety concerns. And uh, This was after a fire on one of uh, Japan Airlines' 787 Dreamliners, uh, with, which was uh, put down to a battery fault and an Al Nippon Airways flight was forced to make an emergency landing as well. So they're saying it's safe, Simon. Well, we haven't Don't any- panic.
1: No, we haven't heard anything for a few weeks now, touch wood. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope um, this is a positive um, sign. So uh, we can only uh, hope. And um, just uh, hope uh, all the problems are now getting ironed out, because it's um, a very new aircraft. So uh, let's uh, give them the, yeah, benefit, given despite, the benefit of the doubt. So.
0: Yeah, despite the issues, the plane continues to remain popular, and Boeing has received orders for more than 1,000 jets since its launch. So it is still popular, Simon. Even yes, with the it looks. Problems.
1: I uh, do like, I must admit, I do like the shape of um, the uh, aircraft and the cockpit, and uh, it's very sort of streamlined and very, uh, very new and um, very different. And also the cowlings on the uh, aircraft uh, sort of slightly different, which is uh, quite interesting uh, for fuel economy and efficiency. But um, yeah, let's uh, just go with this aircraft and uh, see. Uh, how it proves well, itself. fingers crossed, Simon. Yeah, let's see how it proves at pre-
0: Farnborough this year. Yes. If there's one there, we'll 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 uh, take you there and show you. Yes, and, uh, yes, yes. I look forward to. it. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So, next piece of news then uh, from the Derby Telegraph or Derby Telegraph. Derby, Derby. Yeah, that <laughs> is real, on, that, Simon, that come on, Simon. It's that, half past seven <laughs> in the evening. That is real Norfolk <laughs> Derby. Yeah. Sorry about the accent. Um The, the Derby Telegraph. Um, they've got a story running, um, it's actually posted uh, a few days ago. This one is uh, saying that more of us are jetting off alone on selfie holidays. Uh, research by an airline and packaged holiday company which flies out of East Midlands Airport has found that more people are taking holidays alone. Jet2 Holidays said that it's seen a 60%, uh, 66% increase in bookings by solo travellers so far this year. The survey which included responses from more than 800 people across the East Midlands found that 37% took a holiday alone because they wanted time to themselves. Other reasons included but to pursue hobbies, to learn something new, and to keep their sanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I could agree with that. I think we we need a
1: selfie holding, don't we? <laughs> Get away from the women. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I think we, we we end up spending all our time at, at an airport, Simon. Yeah, I'm okay, <laughs> with, <cameras. laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. On you?
1: Oh well, yeah, I'll I'm, I'm definitely yeah. I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> I, I know,
0: I know that uh, I know that uh, when uh, my uh, granddad and my and auntie and uncle and nanny mm. went to Malta this year. Uh, my uncle and my granddad spent, I think they spent a day at uh, Luca airport in Malta. Cause they've got quite a, it's quite a good viewing. Um, um, little section they've got there to yep. to watch the aircraft coming in and out. We seem
1: as though we come from an anorak <laughs> we have aircraft spotting <laughs> families, don't we?
0: Definitely, yep. Definitely, with there's um, there's aviation fuel in the blood. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh,
1: but sometimes it goes to the head as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't think our wives are that impressed by our um. Uh, well, love I, don't of know. I don't
1: know. I don't
0: know. I know Gemma's Gemma sort of takes uh, um kind of back seat, really, to, to yeah. my love of aviation. I just uh, keep the eyes to the sky. That's all I do. And uh, what, what does Lynn think about your Yeah, uh, um, your she, does, she doesn't does she? Uh, mind no. it. So uh, no.
1: yeah, and, uh, I've got one or two other friends uh, who I think I'm totally mad, um, work colleagues and other friends outside Do they of listen to the show, though? Uh, yes, one or two of them, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> They think I'm mad.
0: Really? What? What about the girls though, Simon? Oh, they
1: love it. They, they're do, do t- they love them. They're, they're totally uh, aircraft crazy. So
0: you brought them up properly, then? Yes,
1: definitely. Oh, definitely.
0: good, good, good. Yes,
1: uh, mention an air show or Red Arrows, and they're there. Oh, bless them! <laughs> as See, long as there's a McDonald's or an ice cream <laughs> at the end of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, that's how um, you should bring up your children, um, uh, listeners of the show. Bring them up to uh, to love aviation. That's uh, that's the way to go. Yes. Definitely. Um, should me and Gemma move into that realm, that'll definitely be um, there'll be um, aviation bed linen and aviation curtains. Yes, watch this space. <laughs> watch this space, yeah. <laughs> Anything might happen in the next half hour. <laughs> yes, right, so moving on then. To a um, uh, next piece of news, then from the Independent i. dot ie website, uh, we talked on the last podcast. I Think it was Simon about Ryanair doing um, cheapy fares to um, US, the US, and JetBlue boss uh, has poured cold water on Ryanair's ten euro fares to the US. Um, US airline JetBlue is likely to have started transatlantic services before Ryanair, and its chief executive. Dismissed Michael O'Leary's claim that tickets to America could cost as little as 10 euros. And in an interview with the Irish independent JetBlue CEO, Dave Barger said that the airline, the fifth biggest in the US, is already looking at options, but that a transatlantic launch would be some time off. They're allocating management time to do it right now, he said, when asked about whether JetBlue would look at expanding its services beyond its existing geographies. The airline deploys most of its capacity servicing Florida and the Caribbean and Latin America, while it also offers east-west flights in the US and other services. He said that transatlantic service from the carrier is likely, but not within the next three years, what would prevent us from doing something to cork? He said, describing the potential for using different type aircraft types, so they could beat uh, uh, Ryanair to the uh, post. Then Simon,
1: yes, yeah, that be uh, so.
0: Mr. O'Leary needs to uh, good, com- good competition. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if... Uh, I mean,
1: one one uh, fighting on one side of the Atlantic and the other on the other, so...
0: That's it, yeah. It would be good to have a low-cost car, I think, flight to the States. I think it would be yes, brilliant, yeah, a really well, good idea. Yeah, definitely. They'd definitely be cool for it, yeah. I think, definitely, yeah. yeah. So, Simon, have you got any other bits of news... Uh, to bring in at all on the news file for this week,
1: um, possibly some uh, air, a little bit of air show news and uh, the disbanding of two uh, one, I think it's two one six squadron of the ah uh, yep yeah, the TriStar squadron L ten eleven TriStar, which I think was retired yesterday. Yep,
0: yeah, I'm going to have to get some uh, to tissues for that particular um, segment because I'll cry. Yes, uh, it is sad. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, very sad indeed. But um, one or two of the aircraft will uh, be sort of preserved, and uh, we'll see them. Um, um, I think there'll be one at Bruntingthorpe or two and yeah. uh, a few other airports um, where they're going to be uh, sort of put on display. So that is good. Hopefully, um, fingers crossed, I don't know if anybody can lo- um, send us an email on this. I don't know whether this aircraft, the L-1011 tri will be in the, this year's Queen's flight. Um, I hope so. so it, it was last year. They may keep one aside and keep it uh, flying and airworthy for this, but we'll have to see. So.
0: Yeah, so we're going to bring that up with uh, the bits and pieces of news from Simon then and we're going to come back after this. Don't forget, you too can contact the show and leave your messages for Simon and Carlos. Contact them via their website at www.plaintalkinguk.com or email them at plaintalkinguk@hotmail.com. at hotmail.com Send them your messages they really want to hear from you yes do send us your messages definitely send us some messages Uh, me and Simon do want to hear from all our listeners as many as we can we've got a few little bits and pieces from some uh, to say hello to a few listeners and stuff via Facebook uh, at the end of the show but we're going to move on with the bits of aviation uh, air show news and a little bit of military news from Simon so if you're ready Simon yeah let's go let's go So, with his aviation news from the air show side of things and military, I'll hand you over to Simon.
1: Excuse me, I'm just the uh, peanut puffs. <laughs> He's still on the peanut <laughs> yeah, puffs. Yeah, it's going to look like peanut before <laughs> long. Anyway, um, first bit of news. Uh, this is uh, close to your heart, I know, Carlos. Yeah. There's the retirement of the uh, L-1011 uh, Tri-Stars from RAF Bryce Norton. Um, The disbandment parade of 216 Squadron took place yesterday at RAF Bryce Norton, Oxfordshire. The parade attended by Chief Air Staff and Air Marshal Sir Andrew uh, Palford also saw the retirement after 30 years of the distinguished service of of the TriStar Aircraft. The disbandment brings to an end of... Note a, end a notable 96 year history of 216 squadron which for the last 10 years has been a vital part of the air transport air bridge to Afghanistan transporting air to air refuelling aircraft in the Falkland Islands. The TriStar is replaced by the RAF's new Voyager fleet operated currently by squadrons 10 and 101 squadron um, which are formerly uh, the VC-10 the Voyager will guarantee the RAF strategic air mobility capability well beyond 2020. So um, it's quite a sad time.
0: Um, Definitely, yeah.
1: um, I am hoping, as I said a little while ago, that we may see one of these um, Tri-Stars still in the air for the Queen's uh, mass flypast, which is down the Mall and uh, can be seen forming up over the East Anglia coastline and towards Southwold, because that is quite spectacular. Um, But obviously, uh, we'll just have to try and keep you updated on that. It's such a sad time, um, because that squadron, uh, as I said, has been going so many years. And um, it's just such a shame. They're disbanding a lot of these really old squadrons, because you've had uh, the cultural uh, squadron, which has been disbanded as well. So um, it's just uh, sad. Number 216 squadron was formed on the 1st of April 1918 from 16 Squadron Royal Navy Air Service at Villeneuve, France, and was well-equipped initially with the Hadley Page 0400 night bombers. It was tasked with strategic bombers' duties for the remainder of World War One. transferred to Egypt in July 1919, until the outbreaks of hostilities in the Middle East theatre in June 1940. The squadron was engaged mainly in transport flying duties being designed Bomber Transport Squadron in 1931 April. De Havilland DH 10s replaced the Hadley Page 0400s in the 1920 21 period, and these aircraft were progressively replaced by Vickers Vimy, Victoria, and Valencia, Valencia aircraft. With the arrival of the Bombay in 1939, which was used for bombing duties, the Vickers Valencia became the squadron's transport aircraft. So it's just a very uh, sad day that this um, has uh, been disbanded. And the TriStar was a workhorse and transporting a lot of the troops out to Afghanistan. And uh, and formerly, this aircraft used to um, transport um, people all over the world, which was quite nice. Mm. And I've uh, had the privilege of flying on this aircraft. Not, um, obviously, the ones that the uh, RAF are using, but... Um, Ones it may have uh, actually been one of those because they used to be uh, British Airways aircraft.
0: Didn't yeah, they? I was then going to say, Simon, the um, the RAF, uh, they had a mixed fleet of nine hose and drogue extended Lockheed L 1011 Tri Stars. Um, three of them were ex Pan Am um, and the rest were BA, ex yes. BA. The Pan Am ones, they left how they were largely unchanged from their airline days and they operated those as a passenger role and they carried up to 266 passengers. Those aircraft were designated the C-2 and the C-2A, um, the two respective aircrafts, and obviously the BA ones were used more for um, sort of cargo and also the refuelling side of things. But, yes. uh, but it is sad, Simon.
1: Yes, yes, and uh, like I said, uh, I think there'll be some, I think there is already uh, one or two of those um, L-1011 Tri-Stars at Bronsingthorpe, and um, should be some more saved. Um, so we will see them popping up again, and hopefully they'll um, keep them airworthy or ground run operations um, at Brancing Thought for them. Um, so I am looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing one flying for the remainder or the first half of this year. So uh, we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed on that one and keep an eye out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I shall be keeping my eyes. I'm I'm just hoping that someone that they won't get rid of all the tri stars. They'll at least keep you know at least keep one. Somewhere, yes. Um, Even if it is just uh, you know a museum um, sort of relic, I I I tell you where it would be nice to see one, Simon, at Duxford.
1: Yes, it would um, because they've got quite a um, nice selection of aircraft there. Mm. Now I don't exactly uh, know. Don't quote me on this because their uh, runway has been shortened uh, quite considerably, and um, uh, years ago before they built the M11, uh, the Concorde actually landed there and one or two other aircraft, but. It is a lot shorter now. They've got the uh, motorway there at the end of end of the uh, runway. So I don't know whether it would be possible to land the uh, L1011 TriStar there because of the size of it. But having said that... If he but can- that
0: is a 500 series, remember, Simon. That's yes. the short, lot shorter version.
1: Yes. So. Now, that may be possible because there was... Um, Back in the uh, early 80s, they did uh, land a B-52 bomber there. That came from, I think it was Lakenheath or Bentwalls, or one of those. Quote me if I'm wrong, uh, listeners. Um, And he had just enough fuel to land. Um, He'd done a test run over the actual runway just to have a look and check everything out. And then then, uh, landed on the second uh, time round. So uh, that would uh, be nice to hopefully see um, one of those at Duxford uh, lined up with the VC-10. and oh, uh, That'd be good.
0: I tell you what, I'd be going to Duxford every week <coughs> yes, <laughs> just I'm sure. to see yeah. the Tri-Star. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. yes. Um,
1: another um, on to another uh, bit of um, uh, news. Now, this will most probably um, be quite exciting for a lot of uh, listeners who um, are interested in the Battle of Britain Memorial flight in the Lancaster. There is a second Lancaster, which is flying um, in Canada and the Canadian um, Warplane Heritage Museum have this, and um, the Canadian Lancaster will conduct a number of limited flights from Humberside Airport. So we were on the airshow circuit this year. We are going to have two Lancasters, fingers crossed, flying together. Now, I can't remember two uh, Lancasters flying for uh, in uh, my lifetime.
0: I've only ever seen one and uh, uh so,
1: mm-hmm. that's normally uh, flying with the spitfires and lancasters and the hurricanes and the dakotas all, they all fly together so uh from rf coningsby but to see hopefully two flying together in a formation if we can have the lancaster the two lancasters and the spitfire and the hurricanes flying together in a mass formation this is going to be quite something something really different and really exciting so uh We'll just have to um, try and keep you posted on this, <clears throat> but according uh, to one or two websites and uh, airshow magazines, this is going to be uh, happening uh, throughout the summer, uh, a lot of uh, air shows and I would imagine we'll see this at Duxford um, React and all the main the big air shows and possibly some of the seaside air shows. Um, so we'll just have to try and keep you uh, updated on uh, that as we get more information so that should be quite interesting. Does that interest you, the uh, Lancaster?
0: Yeah, the old stuff, the old aircraft yes, do. Yes. I, I do love seeing the older aircraft yes. fly, especially the uh, Mustangs and Spitfires, because yes. we do get the Mustang <clears> over here quite a lot um, yeah. where we live. Uh, there's a, a chap who owns two, um, and obviously we see the Spitfires and Mustangs yes. at our local air show ceiling yes. every year.
1: Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, you are quite, we are quite lucky and privileged here because um, uh, we're in sort of a – Quite a good area for aircraft flying over to other air shows, and um, normally throughout the year, on occasions you will see the um, aircraft from numerous display teams, whether it be um, old aircraft from the BBMF or uh, new aircraft um, in transit to uh, air shows So it's quite quite uh, interesting um, to look at. Now the air show season is. Fast approaching. We're only uh, we're not months away. We're just weeks away now. And it normally starts around sort of April time. Uh, with the, obviously the main air shows starting around sort of May. But there are one or two air shows. There's a, there's a few
0: little ones, isn't there? Uh, mini few, mini air shows.
1: Yeah, mini air shows and sort of vintage club uh, rallies and stuff that started. What um, where well, we got? Um, uh, there's one at Old Buckingham, um, which is tomorrow and this is a fly-in and show rather than a traditional air show, home-built aircraft and vehicles, special display of home-built kit cars, best aircraft and car competitions, half-price landing fees, kit car, exhibitors free, others £2 per person and £5 per carload. That is pretty good um, for a, a sort of, a small air show,
0: isn't it? That is. That's happening tomorrow, I must March the twenty-second. And
1: that's Old Buckingham Airfield. Now I haven't uh, yet to have been here, but have you been at Old Buckingham? No,
0: I've actually I've flown over it. <laughs> You've flown over. I've it. flown over it in a in a light air in a EoG. You know, is that one aircraft. of the
1: uh, aircraft that you um, learned to fly? In? Yes, yes. You know, the, that uh, was Cessna, one of the times. The, the Cessna, um, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: that's it. The Cessna one hundred and fifty. Flown over Old Buckingham. It's a really lovely looking airfield from above, from above anyway. Yes, yes. Um, and in, a, in a nice area. Yes, really nice and area. I
1: do know that throughout the year they do have uh, some quite um, good air shows, which are, I say quite good, some really good air shows, um, which are a lot bigger throughout the uh, sort of in the summer months. So um, we'll be keeping you updated on that. And um, obviously there's another uh, Old Buckingham uh, one, it's a Buccaneer, Buccaneer Aviation Group Buccaneer XX eight nine four will be revealed following the repaint, and XW five four four will make a fast taxi run. Uh, fast Ooh. taxi runs also from the Hunter and Jet Provost. Dusk photo shoot with the Sea Vixen, Sea Harrier, and Hunter. What date is that one? The that 20... one is uh, the 29th, which is March. next uh, weekend. Um, and that looks that looks quite an interesting one. The price for that is adults twenty pounds on the gate. Um, now that. If the weather's nice for this one, this would be something where if you are interested in your old sort of Cold War and vintage aircraft, like the Buccaneer, Jet Provost and Hawker Hunter, um, Sea Harriet and Hunter, it's it's, um, maybe worth a visit. So we can give you um, a little bit of uh, information on this. I'll give you the, it's the old Buckingham Airfield, Abbey Road, Norfolk, NR171PU, if you are putting that in your sat-nav. As I said, uh, I'll be uh, giving you the uh, sat-nav postcodes for these. And uh, if you wish to contact, it is 01953 860806. Now, this is for Old Buckingham, uh, which we have got two sort of air shows, one tomorrow and one next week. So that is um, uh, the start. They're really kicking us off early, but the weather hasn't been too bad. It's a little bit cooler now. But fingers crossed! It'll be a nice day tomorrow and uh, for next week for this. But these fast taxi runs—they're coming quite popular and have been popular for many years on these, haven't they?
0: Yeah, it, I mean the aircraft are close to flying. Really, yes, but, they are. Um, but they've obviously got to go through a lot of tests, certification yes. tests before yes. they can fly. But these are good to sort of show off really the work and the effort and the time that these people put into to getting these older aircraft. Um, close to being airworthy again. Yes,
1: yes, yes. That's, uh, right. And I know uh, the Vickers, if you remember the Victor Tanker a
0: few, years, tanker, yeah. a few years back. That um, was the one that, that flew, was it the one that flew the mission in the... Um, Falklands. Falklands, refuelling, yeah, refuelled yes. um, refuel, the... Vulcan. Oh, Vulcan, that's it, the Vulcan bomber. Yes, the they've yeah. done
1: um, vast amounts of uh, refuelling, just made it. The um, uh, Vulcan was just about out of fuel. And that uh, Victor Tanker on one of the uh, air shows done a fast taxi run. The gust gust of wind caught it, and it actually took off. <laughs> nearly crashed. <laughs> uh,
0: but oh. if you go on YouTube, I've seen that video actually on there. That's uh, if
1: you uh, Google that, you will actually see it on there. It's quite spectacular, and it's also looks very dangerous and scary because the uh, I think one of the wings near enough clipped the uh, side of the uh, um, runway. But um, that is worth watching if you're interested. One last bit of information: the Red Arrows, as I said um, last week, they are actually up to full nine ship formation, and I think they're just—they've um, got just under two weeks now before they uh, head off uh, to warmer climate um, to get their practice um, 100% ready for the British Air Show fiftieth, uh, their fiftieth uh, birthday si- season. So once they're all up and uh, thing, they've got, um they've been approved by their marshal. Um, this will uh, they'll uh, make their return to the UK so uh, that should be good so they need to get out there for the um, perfect weather conditions so they've got blue skies every single day of uh, practice Oh yeah we definitely need the blue skies <coughs> and um, they're doing three to four sorties per day so they need the um, perfect weather and with that they can get a full display in each time they practice so um, and we uh, wish them well and uh, look forward to welcoming them back into the UK um, uh, sort of within May
0: the first air show yeah we'll be hopefully going to uh we're gonna try i think we're gonna try the with the ducks of one aren't we? yes we'll, we'll this year. try a few, yeah hopefully so fingers yeah. crossed yeah so, the, so that, is that all
1: uh, i think we're there um apart from the
0: puffs apart from the peanut puffs that simon's uh <laughs> enjoying been enjoying through the show yep so uh all the listeners who want to send simon a gift send him some peanut puffs <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we're going to leave all the news and airshow news and stuff uh, for now, and we'll be back after this. Cool. did you see that fly over then?
1: Yeah, I did. (laughs)
0: That was, that was a low That was pass. low, wasn't it? Oh,
1: God, yeah. that was blimey that was low. Is a runway uh, at the end of your garden or what?
0: <laughs> no, my name's not John Travolta. Um, <laughs> but following on from uh, the John Travolta sort of thing, theme there, um, I found I heard a piece of news, actually, interesting piece of news just uh, over the last few days. You know the uh, the Boeing 707 that John Travolta's got yes. in his backyard? yes. Um, he 's actually retiring that really
1: yeah because that was um rebuilt and um they've done a lot of work at south end airport for
0: that yeah that's he is uh, he's retiring that that aircraft um that 's uh, uh, originally a Qantas one um originally the seven o seven yes an aircraft you 've flown on before simon
1: uh yes i've uh, flown on uh, the boeing uh seven oh seven one one or two times um and uh, it's still quite widely used in the military um um, they use the is the is it the KC Boeing seven hundred and seven. Yeah, a refueling yeah. tanker, so it is still quite um, widely used for refueling.
0: Yeah, he's retiring his seven hundred and seven. Um, he's still got uh, a private jet that he flies because obviously John John Travolta's got his um, his uh, pilot's license, yes. as we all know. So he he still flies that, but yeah, he's retiring his Qantas seven hundred and seven. Um, don't know where that's going to go yet. Um, I've tried, been trying to find out where that aircraft's going to end up going, whether it'll go to a museum. It'd be nice to see it in the UK. Um uh, would be, yeah, definitely be nice to see it in the UK. Um, it would be nice to see you know, that aircraft in the museum. I, I think that'll go to a museum, Simon. Yes, um,
1: yeah, I would imagine possibly one in the US.
0: Yeah, that aircraft's first uh, flew with Qantas um, back in uh, the late 60s, 1968. I think that one was the one yep. that is. So it's quite an old aircraft. Yeah, but, a year
1: before I was born.
0: <laughs> but John Travolta has got the money to look after that aircraft. So, um, yeah, that uh, might be a snap there if you can afford to uh, to buy that one.
1: Yes, uh, quite high maintenance and running costs now for that aircraft.
0: Yes, yeah, so I expect that is with those engines. I think it's got the Pratt & Whitney um, turbofans on yes. there. Yes, so. yep. Yep, so a bit of interesting news for you there. So we're going to quickly just do our uh, in-focus aircraft for this week, uh, ch- as chosen by our Facebook listeners. Um, so we're going to bring that to you now. And now it's time for our in-focus aircraft of the week. Yes, our in-focus aircraft of the week, as chosen by our listeners on Facebook and via email. So we put the uh, aircraft types... Uh, up for you to choose from um, on Facebook and uh, the aircraft that was chosen uh, by our email and by our listeners on Facebook or the posters on Facebook as well, is the Aleutian 96. So we're going to give you a few facts and figures quickly on the Aleutian 96.
1: That is a Russian aircraft, That's a Russian
0: one, yep. The Aleutian 96 is a shortened, long-range and advanced technology development of Russia's first wide-body airliner. The Aleutian 96, it features supercritical wings fitted with winglets and a glass cockpit and a fly-by-wire control system. It was first flown in 1988 and certified in 1992. The basic illusion 96-300 is equipped with modern Russian avionics and integrated six multifunction colour LCD displays, inertial and satellite navigation systems and traffic collision avoidance system, TCAS, including Mode S. It allows the airplane to operate with two crew and the avionics, correspond to modern requirements on international routes in Europe and North America, and allow navigation and landing under ICE KO Category 3 Alpha conditions. The Aleutian 96 is offered in three main variants, the Aleutian 96-300, the Aleutian 96-MT and the Aleutian 96-400. The 300 series has a standard passenger capacity of 262 seats in a two class configuration, with 18 seats with a seat pitch of 54 inches and 244 seats with a seat pitch of 32 inches, in a typical seating layout of 3 3 3. But low density seating is also available at 2 4 2 layout. Galleys are positioned on the upper and lower deck and can accommodate 18 LD-3 containers and crew rest areas. Although its list price is more than 30% lower than equivalent Western-type aircraft, Russian airlines were not particularly eager to buy it. As of of September 2006, there were only 17 Aleutian 96-300 series in operation with Aeroflot. Um, Six of the 17 um, were actually operated by KASRAIR on behalf of Air Union Alliance. And I'm just reading through here. The Iran Air took delivery of two Aleutian 96-300s on short-term leases from Russia's Kras Air on October 2006. And in June 2005, the Volga-Depner Group signed a 15-year financial agreement with Aleutian Finance Corporation to take delivery of two new-build Aleutian 96-400T aircraft. The aircraft will be operated by Volga-Depner's subsidiary Airbridge Cargo, and the first was due to have been delivered in late 2006 for that one. Uh, On the August 11th, 2009, Russian Minister of Industry and Trade, Viktor Krinskol, announced that the manufacturer of the long range of this class would be cancelled, in particular the 300 series, and had been deemed inferior to counterparts from Boeing and Airbus, and the manufacturer could not arrange commercially viable mass production, making only one plane per year." The cargo version of the plane, the Aleutian 96T, will remain in production. This effectively means that Russia is left without a domestically manufactured long-range wide-body passenger plane. So some facts and figures on the Aleutian then. Uh, has a passenger capacity of 235 to 300 passengers, uh, depending on the configuration.
1: Yes, yeah, so if anybody is not too sure what aircraft we're talking about, it's a Russian um, aircraft. And, um, looking at it, it's a cross between, it's got a Hercules, a little bit of a cockpit and a bit of a C-17 tail. What, what would you say on that?
0: Um, the Aleutian 96, uh, jet, uh, commercial jet. Yes. Yeah. We're talking about, um, yes, on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's, um, a four engine, um, I mean, it's a four engine passenger aircraft, um. It looks very similar to the. I'd say it looks very similar to the A three hundred and forty, slightly slightly fat, possibly, yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's a nice looking aircraft, but I think um, it's it's um, it's technically up to date. But um, I think being Russian built, I think people tend to have a um, a bad sort of opinion on Russian built aircraft. Yes, but um, uh, the wingspan fifty seven point six six meters. Uh, it's fifty-five point three five meters long. Uh, its height off the ground is seventeen point five seven meters. Uh, it loads its loads capacity is forty thousand kilograms. Um, maximum takeoff weight of the aircraft is two hundred sixteen thousand kilograms. It's powered by four Soliev PS ninety A engines. Um, and it also has the option as well to be powered by Pratt Whitney PW2040 and Whitney PW twenty forty and PW twenty um, three thirty seven turbofans as well. Cruise speed is eight hundred and fifty two kilometers an hour, with a maximum speed of eight hundred and eighty nine kilometers an hour, and the operating altitude of the aircraft being twelve thousand one hundred meters, with a maximum range of nine thousand kilometers. On that aircraft
1: yeah it first uh entered uh or was first delivered uh to the soviet union in nineteen seventy four so um it's um been going on quite a few years and that was uh, operated by aeroflot
0: Uh, Yes, currently in in use with Aeroflot, Roycia Cubana, and Paulette Airlines. And there's been 29 built. That's not that many, is it? No. And you can buy one for 40 million US dollars. Yep. If you wanted to. That's a snip. That's a snip. (laughs) So that's our uh, in focus aircraft for this week, the Illusion 96. So we're going to move on uh, for the last piece of the show with some listener mail or some listener shout outs, Simon. So are you ready? Yes. Yes. Let's go. And now, it's time for the Listener Mail. Yes, so we've got uh, a few uh, mentions to make uh, for the podcast then. Um, first one is to someone who's actually starting his own podcast, Simon.
1: Yes, that's, yes. Um, that's uh, very nice.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, we're going to mention uh, Philip Martinsky or Pilot Pip. Um, he's planning to start his oh he 's actually planning to release his first podcast uh during the next coming or the coming week and uh he's going to be releasing a podcast if you remember simon uh plane safety podcast yep um he remember he asked us some questions about uh, recording um, stuff and bits and pieces yes, now. Yeah. so Philip is going to be releasing his very own podcast um all about um plane safety and uh he 's a pilot himself. Philip, if you're listening, do send us uh, an email via the website. Tell us a bit more about yourself and your your pilot stuff, and perhaps we can uh, possibly get you on the show uh, at some point and have a chat. Yes, uh, we'll definitely do that. I think, yeah, definitely, we'll get you on the show, Philip. So send us if you're listening, uh, Philip. Send us an email via our website, and um, we'll have to Skype and uh, we'll get you on the show. That's be good to have another pilot on the show. Yes, we uh, had Jeff uh, a a few episodes back. Yeah. So yeah. Keep your eyes open on iTunes and uh, search for the Plane Safety Podcast, which will be coming to iTunes soon. A uh, few more uh, n- um, hellos as well uh, to some listeners. Wayne Bover. Yes. <laughs> your why, friend what? Wayne. Yes. Uh, why Bover? Why Bover?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Charlotte Hall, um, that's uh, my brother's uh, partner. Uh, Dean uh, um he is uh, my brother. And... Um, a few, uh, we've got Jem Holden. Yeah, a special uh, hello to her. Uh, Mary Gillings. Uh, I'll say a special, a very special hello to her. And um, I know uh,
0: all these people that uh, listen to us. And uh, hello as well to Steve Vischer. Um, he's from the Playing Crazy Down Under podcast. He's uh, obviously he's liked us as well. Thank, yes, thanks, Steve.
1: Yes, and goodbye. Uh, yes, obviously, yeah. and uh, obviously uh, my wife uh, Lynn, um, who's uh, who's um, at home with the children, resting. Which is good. And um, any others? uh Yeah, we've
0: got Daniel Hannington. We're going to say hello to Daniel Hannington as well. Um, He's he's on our Facebook, uh, one of our Facebook followers as well. And hello as well to Tim Hitchcock as well. He's one of our listeners yes, as well. And yes. And uh, uh, hello to all our listeners. Yes, hello. Uh, all your listeners uh, out all there. All your
1: listeners. We, uh, we do appreciate um, you listening to us. We definitely do. And uh, we always appreciate any questions, uh, any feedback, uh, good or bad. Uh, we don't care. Um, we will uh, try and answer all your questions, uh, aviation, um, if we can. Uh, so... Yeah, I think we're just about done now. We are done,
0: Simon. I think we're uh, we, we'll we'll let you uh, go home now and yeah. have some tea. Yeah, Beans no. the time as well, I think to I've had past my, eight. I think <laughs> I've had
1: my tea. I've had a bag
0: of puffs. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting here eating his peanut puffs. Oh they're, they're, become, they're,
1: they're, they're actually becoming an icon for this show, aren't they? They really are.
0: <laughs> there will there'll be people coming up to us at Farm Barrier Show this year with bags of peanut puffs. <laughs>
1: When you do your podcast, what's your in-flight entertainment uh, Uh, peanut puffs? Peanut puffs, that's it, yeah,
0: (laughs) excellent. Right, so once again, thanks uh, to all our listeners for listening to the show each week. Uh, We absolutely love you all for listening to the show and downloading us via the iTunes and via obviously our website as well. So don't forget you can contact us via the website uh, at www.plaintalkinguk.com and you can cl- uh, click on the contact tab and send us an email through there. And find us on Facebook. Yeah, go to our uh, website
1: because uh, we've got um uh, constantly or we're both constantly uh, uploading uh, information, news and uh, photographs. Um so it's well worth having a look on our website. Yeah, and the and, Facebook page. And also um this um, aircraft that is still missing. Uh, we will be uh, keeping you updated uh, as and when we get more information on it, which is uh, very slow at the moment, and um, we're all very puzzled of it. Uh, but we will uh, keep you up to date with this. Um, this is going to be one of our top uh, talking points for the, the coming weeks, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, we hope, like we said, to uh, we'll get try and get some guests on the show on the uh, upcoming episodes. Um, we've got a few in the pipeline uh, that I'm in contact with to get on the show. And Philip as well, Martinsky, Don't forget, get in contact with us. We'll get you on the show. We like to have a pilot on the show, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, I've got one pilot in front of me here. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I haven't passed yet. Haven't passed (laughs) yet. No. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for for listening to the show. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna call that a night.
1: Yes, we'll put the chocks into the uh, aircraft and uh, um, we'll park up for the night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll turn off full power and uh, we'll uh, close the cabin door for the evening. Yeah. Definitely. So that's it then from The Plane Talking UK. This has been episode number four. Fourteen of the podcast. Fourteen,
1: Simon. Oh, I know. Can you believe it? Fourteen. <laughs> is that how long we've we been going? <laughs> I
0: know. Fourteen episodes. We'll soon be in a treble numbers at I this know. right? I know. it's exciting, isn't it? its is. So keep listening and keep downloading, and uh, do send us some feedback, listeners, because we want to hear from our listeners. We want to hear what you want to. We want to hear what you want us to talk about. Really. Yeah. So yeah. So from me, Carlos, it's a huge goodbye. Clear skies and. Uh, flying happiness yes from you Simon
1: yes it's uh, ice to the sky and uh, thanks uh, to all our listeners and uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you in episode 15
0: yep you take care yep take care guys bye bye bye